Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to Tech Events Matter, a series of interviews of mentors and friends of Startup Sesame who all share one thing in common. They attend events as part of their jobs, and some of them attend a lot. Uh, on this new episode of Tech Events Matter, we interview Richard Muirhead, general partner at Fabric Ventures. Uh, Richard was previously, previously a general partner at OpenOcean, the leading European fund focusing on delicious and data-intensive software at Series A. He's also co-founding chairman at Firestarter, seed investment platform, and an angel investor advisor to CityMapper, Iconu, Radiant Minds, and Pusher. Hi, Richard. How are you doing? Hi, Ben. I'm doing super well. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm also doing fantastic. Right now, I'm in Brussels at uh, the Solvay uh, Library, which is a very nice piece of Belgian architecture. Yeah, it looks it looks um, a nice sort of Tuscan yellow or something behind you. Um, I'm I'm today talking to you actually from a, a snug snug number three in um, in this place here in London in what's called the Battleship Building. If you can uh, if you can see that logo, yeah, I can see that. And I saw earlier someone in the back. I. <laughs> I will say hello to, to, to her afterwards. Uh, we're very happy to have you today. And especially one main reason for, for us was to get to know a bit more about Fabric Ventures, uh, which is the new fund that you are uh, launching. Um, can you tell us a bit more what you're doing there? Yeah, sure. So um, the, the short version is that um, we think that uh, this whole uh, development of uh, crypto decentralization, uh, client-to-client architecture for software is a transformational one um, for the infrastructure of the internet and for a whole range of different applications that are going to be built on top of it. And so Fabric is 100% focused on 
this area um, and focus not just on the great entrepreneurs and technologists who are building projects in this space, but also actually focus on thinking about how venture capital needs to adapt what it does in order to be effective in this new wave. And, you know, we've seen some very significant ups and downs already um, in terms of valuation of cryptocurrency, and it's got started getting, you know, even the kind of mainstream population pretty excited. But it's our belief that we're actually just a couple of percentage points uh, into this, this wave, um, if you look at it from a kind of long-term uh, perspective. So that's one important thing. The other thing I just want to mention is, whilst, you know, this area is probably kind of new to people and they're probably wondering why is it that crypto and coins and tokens and decentralization, uh, um, you know, from a, a kind of person on the street perspective is, is interesting. Um, and it's become sort of suddenly very on uh, vogue to discuss, just to discuss. The reality from our perspective is that this is what we think of as the fourth age of open source software. Mm-hmm. And that since after the war, people started developing software and, 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 and it became a free movement. Then people developed one model of supporting uh, the development of that software by selling services and support. That's a second age. Uh, and then the tech titans, as we currently know them, use a lot of open source software and occasionally our private data, including our hosts today, in order to deliver their services and build. Um, you know, actually quite phenomenal valuations. And there is a belief that the next phase of open source is going to uh, tap into the possibilities of token sales to fund these open source projects and build networks of uh, open source software that enable you to, you know, interact and contract with, you know, each other trustlessly, I would know, central third party, and use tokens and coins in those networks to incentivize people to solve what is commonly known as the cold start or, or chicken and egg problem when you're trying to build any marketplace or network. And we think those those combinations of characteristics uh, make for a really exciting fourth age of, of open source. It is definitely uh, exciting and I can see it everywhere around us. Like it's literally... Like it looks like even my mom right now is asking me what what it is, uh, what's going on, and uh, and how can we all get in uh, this uh, this uh, frenziness? Uh, and so my next question will be for a fund and for someone like you with your background to get into this space, kind of all in. I understand, and especially with uh, what what you just described right now, what is it? what is exciting for you that you're going for the software side of things. Like you're excited about the companies that are being built and that this movement is the new uh, uh, generation of open source software. But a lot of what is going on also, and that makes the news is basically a lot of, you know, projects coming, you know, a lot of coins, right? A lot of, you know, things happening all around us and people wondering, uh, is it actually a business? What, what's really going on? Like, are they just, you know, trying to raise funds without having built anything, right? Tell us why it's, you know, I mean, you're, why are you still so excited despite of the bad press that some of these, you know, projects have? Sure. Look, so, you know, there are various characteristics of a new wave of, of computing that is exciting to invest in from a venture perspective. And one of the key ones is uh, that you have a, a platform for, for, for what I call kind of open and permissionless experimentation. 
um, th- that is an incredible way to tap into the ingenuity and you know and perspicacity of, of of the greatest talent around the world because you just open it up. And um, but it, it's like you can't make a shortcut to just saying I just want to only have the Vitalics of the world to come and run their experiments on this platform. That's not how the world works. It's not how nature works. If it's open, you're going to get the full distribution of possible talents and projects and and, and so forth. And some of them will be great talent and a bad project, and someone will be, you know, great talent, you know, great project, but poor execution, but you have to roll with that. And so it's not... uh, uh, it's just typical of a wave at this stage that you're going to see that variety. And I, I think you just want us have to accept that. And part of the challenge for, you know, venture capitalists is to try and sift through those different projects and find the, the uh-huh. ones that are truly, truly exciting. I think a second point related to what you asked is, um, uh, you know, if your mother is asking about this frenzy of opportunity, is that good or is that bad? Um, and not not picking or singling out uh, your mother, of course, but but I, I would put it this way: is that I I actually would like at this point in time, I'd be very happy for the frenzy uh, to die down significantly, and for people to um, think this is actually boring and maybe might not work. Um, because I'm absolutely clear that th- there will be incredible transformational projects that come out of this, but it it, it inherently takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, to coin whatever phrase you want. Um, you know, Rome is not built in a day. Um, you know, it can take, on average, a venture capital-backed project can take seven to nine years to really reach an exit. That's not an you know, atypical time frame, and it's it, and, and therefore this is unlikely to be much different from that. There are some other differences to it that make it more in a in a spotlight because tokens get listed very early on exchanges and then people give them value to the future tradable. But, you know, nonetheless, to really deliver transformational projects, it's going to take a while and you have to be patient. So if, you know, you, you are in the perfect position to spot those projects early on, could you advise us for just maybe one or two? I mean, I won't blame you if that is a bad financial, you know, decision. But if you were, if you were to suggest, you know, for, for us to follow a couple of projects right now. Which one would it be? Oh, that's a, that's definitely an on-the-spot um, uh, question. Uh, so, so look, we've uh, we've backed a really interesting project called Status S T A T U S dot I M, and those folks um, they believe that in you know in the future that uh, messaging, um, which is a pretty core. Cool function for the world is something that uh, uh, possibly, you know, is better not owned by an individual, you know, a company, uh, for example, Facebook or maybe or Tencent or, or anyone else, but better ultimately delivered as a kind of computing, you know, utility, mm-hmm. a social utility by the network, um, this decentralized uh, you know, network. Um, to the individual users, and so they have set about building that, of running on the Ethereum blockchain, and 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 also not just building messaging, but you know opening it up to make it possible to build applications, Ethereum-based applications, you know, in that messaging capability, rather like WeChat. And so those guys, uh, you know, 
went and did a, a token sale. They engineered it very specifically to try and get a very broad reach of, of the tokens to ensure there were lots of end users and other stakeholders who could participate. There was several tens of thousands who were involved. And uh, and now they're, you know, are, are real champions of, you know, the platform and the industry and they're, and they're building a great application. And, you know, we'll have to see how that, that, that pans out. But I think that's an interesting project uh, to watch, definitely. Um, and the talk, I mean, yep. the, sales, the, the, the token sales is already done. Can we get a glimpse into it's something already, we, can, we can get in with you? Uh, <laughs> so um, it's an interesting question. So uh, and we've actually not quite crossed the bridge on how transparent we're going to be doing, be on what we've done or not done. But let me give the types, an example, some types yeah. of projects okay. that we're doing. So we are... Um, we are looking to invest at the very earliest stages when there is a team of entrepreneurs and technologists um, who are, um, uh, should we say, uh, just at the level of conceiving what can be built and writing their white paper and might have just set up a company and have not yet even set up the foundation that might ultimately be responsible for the open source development project. Okay. And, you know, and so we'll work at that very earliest stages with them. And then, what we're really, in terms of emphasis, we don't think that we uh, can act like the kind of smartest kids in the room and kind of guess specifically which applications are going to be the right ones to to target first. Uh, from my own experience as an entrepreneur, you know, you know, in your specific domain, a considerable amount more than the investors you're talking to, and and so the best thing to be is generally prepared, um, but then. Um, allow the entrepreneurs to come to the table, the best entrepreneurs with the things that are the projects that are interesting. But we definitely do have an emphasis on um, enabling capabilities for this new decentralized stack of software development, uh, rather than, you know, the applications that are going to be running on top of it. So if somebody wanted to build a decentralized Uber today, which I think is a, possibly an interesting application in the future, um, uh, that we may be early for that, and there are some people you know, playing that out. But there are projects we're looking at that help with things like the management and upgradability of smart contracts existing out there on on, on a given blockchain. That's that's a, I think an interesting a area because as soon as you start building applications or new networks that have smart contracts on them, and you want you need to be able to reliably and without downtime upgrade them as you do everything from fix bugs to you know roll out new features that's that's going to be required as a function so that would be um uh, one good example um and then i think there are other there are even interesting thoughts about how do you um, provide crowdfunding how do you direct funds into the right open source projects how do you do crowdfunding in this new paradigm to in, in a more effective way so i think those are the, the the components we're looking at we're looking at data marketplaces um, as well. Um, so lots of components of the new infrastructure that's being built. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Uh, quick question. Why did you need a new fund for that? 
So, I mean, as I kind of mentioned, there was uh, a fantastic continuity for me from the time I started working in the kind of crypto space in 2013 with Firestarter and actually quite a bit with Pantera um, and on the one hand. And on the other hand, um, uh, my background where I first worked with my brother on building a software company using open source from the mid-90s and actually specifically with OpenOcean, um, Monty's background and having authored MySQL from late 80s, you know, early 90s, um, you know, that came together in a nice way. But, but the reality is that um, the open ocean thesis for investment is to focus on uh, uh, projects or companies, rather, that are at the point of scaling yeah. their revenue. Um, and whereas these projects are not so much at like early series A, they're at early seed. Mm-hmm. So that's a mismatch on the thesis. And secondly, um, what we're investing in is actually generally the networks and the software tokens that are integral to the functions of these new scalable decentralized networks, not equity. And Open Ocean's agreement with its uh, limited partners um, is uh, to invest in equity. And so for those two reasons of mismatch, uh, as well as the fact that we think this is such a uh, a fast moving and exciting and intricate area that it demands total attention and immersion, it made sense to create a new vehicle. Got it. Uh, how big is it? Is it, is it public? So it's, it's not yet. Uh, we have, um, we are actually have made investments with some of our close uh, limited partners and ourselves and so forth at this stage. And we're just, um, and so we're in business in that sense. Okay. Um, but in terms of the in terms of the, the fund itself, we haven't announced how, how big that that will be. Are you um, looking only at Europe uh, European based companies or or not only? So we're based physically generally in London, in Soho, in London, uh, and uh, very happy for people to reach out and um, uh, and come and visit if they've got an interesting thing they want to talk about. And we. Uh, but we do get around to lots of different uh, uh, events. Um, there's Maple World Congress coming up. There's a venture retreat unplugged. There's a variety of things across Europe. We certainly believe that Berlin, particularly in the decentralized space, has a lot of uh, you know significant projects ongoing, and, and we've been invested in some of them, and they uh, a lot of value to add. And so we have you know the London, Berlin. Uh, Paris and beyond, sort of, sort of tech megacity outlook. But we also um, have the kind of you know, the pan-European view, and we think there's a lot of great talent. Um, I, I was uh, worked with Pantera um, closely on the uh, Bitstamp investment um, in 2013, and they obviously those guys are based outside of Ljubljana in Slovenia, and so we think you know there's a lot of possible there's possibilities for people right across Europe. So we're kind of based in London, anchored in Europe. Um, but you know, we've also invested in in folks who've come from Australia and New Zealand um, because we think this is you know as is appropriate for the decentralized movement. It's a very mm-hmm. distributed and decentralized set of teams, uh, and I think more than really more than ever in a step change, the talent and the entrepreneurial um, you know you know bent or aptitude is is global now. I don't want to. I don't want to you know, go too much into that direction because I really want to talk uh, about your experience with events. You were mentioning that you're going to be in Barcelona next week for a mobile work congress. But just very quickly, do you think? Uh, very quickly, because I know we can spend a lot of time talking about that. Do you think uh, the environment in Europe, especially in terms of regulation, uh, will be favorable for this? You know, uh, new 
initiatives to continue to develop themselves here? Yes, is the, the quick answer. I think that um, obviously Switzerland is trying to make some, yeah. some um, moves in that direction. I think doing pretty a good job with Crypto Valley out down in Zug. Um, uh, even places like Malta are moving on at Gibraltar have got different angles. And then, you know, frankly, London, I think, uh, I'm pretty certain will ensure that it does not squander its fintech and financial services uh, edge um, uh, in embracing this space. And actually, I'm going to an event this evening, which is a, a, a London mayor celebration of, um, you know, the international expansion of, of London and UK-based companies in the Science Museum, which should be fun. Um, and um, so I'm sure, sure London will also focus on that. And given Brexit, and what, however that turns out, um, I'm sure that, that both you know Paris, Frankfurt, Berlin will do what they they also mm-hmm. can and competitively um, across Europe, and I and I hope they do that. Okay, you. So why do you go to events like for this? Like, are you going there to find you know new entrepreneurs to um, meet people to co-invest with? What is your investment hypothesis with events and how you select them and why do you, do you go to, to these uh, gatherings? Sure. So. Um, a brief anecdote on uh, um, why to go to events. You know, as everything in life, there's always a tension. Like, it's not about doing one thing only and not out of anything else. It's always a balance between the two things and judging where, where to strike that balance at one particular time. And when I was building my second company, I became incredibly focused on execution between about 2002 and 2004 five. And, you know, we made a lot of great progress. Uh, but kind of a little bit in our own sort of goldfish bowl at that point in time. And I had the experience of kind of putting my head up and going and looking around um, at what was going on when I was starting to look at the investment and traveling to New York and traveling to San Francisco and so forth. And at that time, but also again, when I did it, when I sold the company in 2009, I was just so brutally struck uh, by how fast the move the the, the, the world and the ecosystem can move uh, while you're not paying attention and in ways that are material to your business the way go to market works what the typical economics are um, you know what products are resonating with investors what are not et cetera et cetera so so I think it's very important to strike the balance between being chained to your desk and having being aware of what's going on in the outside world the second thing I'd say about events is that it, um and indeed trips when you're going out to try and meet people is that you you just have to bite the bullet on making a commitment going doing them. It is quite hard, if not even impossible, to, to know in advance exactly what is going to come out of that trip. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to be very methodical and go through the list and target people and get out there whilst keeping some room for serendipity. Um, but uh, and maybe organizing an event so you don't you know you can have a broader set of people to come. But it's very hard to know. That it was actually something my father at some point in time sort of met, you know I mentioned to me. You just do not know how how that's going to work. And so um, I think you just have to the whole process of going to events, reaching out to people, going to them, coming back, wrapping up, following up. You just have to commit and go do it. And be comfortable with the fact that you don't know in advance. But when you look back in time, and I look at whether it be uh, how I joined Axel Partners or how I won my first customer for my first telecom software company, events were integral in both of those different 
points of success and came from committing to go and you know, participate in them and be open to making those those connections uh, with Jim Breyer from Axel in one case and with uh, David Page uh, from Cisco Systems who helped me uh, win a Hong Kong Telecom as our first client in another case, for example. Um, so I think that in summary, that's kind of how I, I think about it. What would be your main advice to entrepreneurs um, regarding events based on your experience, but also based on how these uh, spaces moving today? Um, so I guess I'd back up specifically from events and try and say that, look, you need to be, you need to commit to them. You need to do them in the right measure with the other things that you're, you need to get done. You need to be organized and try and meet people and be obviously open to serendipity. That's all good. But really the most important thing is you kind of want to have something interesting to say because, you know, you're going to meet people and you meet a lot of people, meet a lot of people at these events. And so you really want to come in with, with some insight. Um, something maybe it's controversial maybe i don't but 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 that's and so if that's not just about events that's actually about your your business plan and actually um in enterprise sales and selling software to big organizations for example there's a a concept of the challenge of sale and it has this kind of almost you know contradiction in it which is you, you know rather than going to see a customer and saying tell me what it is that you want you need to go in and to be taken credibly, you need to challenge their thinking. And so you want to have something interesting to say, an insight, a challenge to people. And, and I think being prepared with that is the most powerful way. Um, you hear me right now, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Um, you also organize yourself uh i don't know if you're continuing to do that with fabric but that was the case with open ocean uh your own events like from a small gathering like you know uh uh this uh, event that you're doing during slush uh in helsinki um like spoken poker night right um from your annual ceo summit that will be uh very soon in london in the fifth the 15th of march if i'm correct yeah why do you do events as an investor, what's the goal? What's the what's why? Why is it important? So, I think that um, you know, I don't know whether this would be something that they would talk about at Virgin, which is I flashed earlier, is where where we were. Is that when you're building a business or um, you're building a, a brand, um, you know what's key? You know that's signal to. Um, <clears throat> your customers, which is primarily the entrepreneurs, although secondarily the investors for our investors for a venture firm. You, you know, what's really crucial is that you, what underlies what you're building is an authenticity. And if you are gen, genuinely, you know, enthusiastic about a, a space and about the community of people who are trying to get things done in that space, then you need to genuinely and authentically contribute to that space. And so by, you know, having events, thinking hard about the content for those events and the characters who are going to be involved in those events and contributing in that way um, is, is genuinely contributing. And, and so therefore good things will come from that genuine contribution of, you know, connecting people in that way. 
and good things will come because hopefully you'll get in, invited to other events that uh, at which you will connect with other other people. Um, so I think it's about a genuine contribution to the community because um, you know you, you know, no man is an island and none of us all of us are standing on the shoulders and whichever kind of you know quote or metaphor you want to use um, you know that that is the way we are going to go and build uh, great companies and build great projects. Thank you. Uh, I believe it's a great way to wrap this uh, wrap it up. Uh, and I really thank you very much for your time uh, today. Um, thank you also for joining us in this new episode of Tech Events Matter. The video will be available on Facebook and we will also soon publish the podcast of your interview. I see you next week in Barcelona. Yep. And I hope you have a good, uh, a great day and a great uh, event this evening. Yes, thank you. In the Science Museum. Play with the space rockets. Thanks, everybody. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.